This is Wide World of Woods. If you like three-letter acronyms, this is the episode for you. This episode, the lads talk about the IPL, the CBA, the NBA, the MMA, and the AFL. Also, they touch on rugby leagues and union, and the Champions Trophy. All that and more, Sporting Woods, a cricket podcast, Wide World of Woods, a sporting podcast. A Sporting Woods podcast production of Wide World of Woods. A podcast of sporting. A podcast of podcasting sporting. This is a production of Sporting Woods, a cricket podcast. It's wide. It's worldly. Wide World of Woods. Hi, and welcome to Wide World of Woods. We're here today with the guys from Sporting Woods. We've got Tim in the room, we've got Michael in the room, hey. we've got myself in the room, and we've got our special correspondents down at the, at the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast. Alex, how are you doing down there, buddy? Yeah, I, I'm going good, but I don't think that we got the date right. I, I'm pretty sure there's not much going on down here. Well, there's a lot going on, but not so much to do with Commonwealth Games. Commonwealth. There's a few signs... The plane ticket but, definitely said twenty fifth. Yeah, Otherwise, they wouldn't have let you on the plane. plane. Yeah, yeah. Are you sure there aren't any games there? Well, there's there's games. I just don't think they could be televised. I I would say <laughs> that you know the highlight of the. I mean, it sounds really, like we got a scoop then. Well, they're not going to be possibly, te- but I don't think I would want a scoop of what's being offered. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of like protein powder like a scoop yes. of protein yeah. powder yeah. Yeah. I, there's it? definitely protein in it I don't know what else I can say oh, without saying openly what I'm talking about well okay. look if there's, there aren't well, well Alex we've, we've got you down there but um, thank you for, for, for calling in today it wouldn't well, be a podcast well really I was you. doing it more out of help but you've decided to turn it into an episode which is great but seriously can you send me a car or, you know, can you do something? Can you give us a solid 40 minutes of sporting content? And then yeah, we'll chat. Okay. We'll definitely Limited David call. Warner rants would be good, but sure. Yeah, all right, let's get to it. Let's do all, it. all right. Well, we've got, a lot to, we've got a lot to go over tonight. I'm going to fill out the rental car form halfway, and then after the podcast, I'll finish the second half. Smooth. Okay. All, all right. right. So, Seems fair. I hope that's okay. Alex, do you have reception? Are you on a street? Are you okay? Um, currently at a, a kebab store. <laughs> Uh, I decided I needed to calm myself, and the only way I know how is a a, a lamb kebab. Donna. Yeah, I get that. The one on the corner of Cavill. I get that. All right, so we'll, we'll we'll kick off in that case. We've got the IPL recap. I think it's the best place for us to start in this episode of We are a cricket wild. podcast. It is, it is. Even though it is Wild World of Woods, we can still talk about cricket. So, Timmy, how's it going with the IPL? Mate, look, it's wrapped up. Um, the Mumbai Indians took out the title. Mitchell Johnson's team. Against, they played the final against Pune. Pune. Was it going to be anything other than that? I mean, it was all, on, Pune were always going to get into the finals as far as I was. It looked like anyway. 
And we mentioned, um, I think, in the last episode of Sporting Woods that Pune was kind of the, the superstar team. They were, um, yes. Smith, Doney, I think Duplessis was in there as well. Stokes. I think that was Stokes as well. That was his team. So, team. yeah, it would have been a good win against the uh, against that team. So, yeah, really good performance. But, you know, my issue with the IPL and, and you know, I followed it a little bit, but there wasn't, there didn't seem to be as much coverage here in Australia compared to previous years. And I know it's their 10th year, but are we feeling as if here in Australia we're kind of getting over it a little bit? I, I think that it's... You know, I'll, I'll go... Sorry, Josie, give me a chance. There you are. What I... Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking oh, right, eh? This is going to be the worst edit. <laughs> guys, guys, time. guys, I'll just turn them down. I'll just... Yeah. <laughs> and no, fade... I, I think I think that um, as you say, I think that the media has a lot to do with it. There's not a lot of uh, media cross when it comes to Australia over here, but then I, purely because they don't have a financial interest in in these games. I think that that has a lot to play with it. We still hear about like the big, you know, the big. You know, like Chris Lynn hits a you know big fifty or whatever. We hear about that, but other than that, I think. We don't really hear about it. Usually with the IPL, you see a lot of like breakout performances and stuff like that. That was really lacking in, for me, there was no like noticeable performance where the whole cricketing world kind of, you know, got captivated in. And that was, that was a little bit disappointing. Hmm. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, when, when this first started, we didn't have our own domestic 2020 competition. So I think that would probably be a big factor in why it appears, you know, that we don't care but in reality i think at that point when it when it first started we didn't have the option to have those big 2020 domestic games uh now that we've got the big bash i think like uh kind of sort of piggyback on what luke said as well he's got the the financial interest in in australia wouldn't be to get over the ipl it's to kind of try and make the big bash appear to be the premier 2020 comp in the world yeah i think that has its place but this is this is the tournament where World cricket stops, yeah, and and all the big guns are in the same same place at the same time. So, yeah, I thought <clears throat> I don't know. Just just for me personally, the coverage wasn't there. There wasn't any noticeable performances. Um, and then I always lean towards the fact, and we spoke about it in our last episode before we went on break. Was is this a bit of a money grab now? Because we saw Ben Stokes two point eight million. You know, they didn't walk away with the title. You well, know, did he even have a, a a standout performance in any of the games? My thing would he be... He hit 100, didn't he? Did he? I, I be- thought he did. I believe he did. But even closer to that, the question of whether or not, you know, he had his impact, I guess you have to ask the shareholders. You know, I, I think if, if you're if you've got money in Pune, you know, in, in that, that team, if you walked away pretty happy then you probably was worth your money. Whether or not they came out with the outcome at the end, obviously they made it to the finals. And I know I'm just talking strictly from a business perspective, but if the person who made the call to spend 2.8 on Stokes, uh, or if he made his money, then then it was worth it. And it's interesting going forward what will happen next year. Yeah, I mean, you think 2.8 million US dollars uh, for these, you know, Indian billionaires that are back in this team is, is, is you know, short change. Mm. But... Um, yeah, like if he did it a hundred, you know, good on him. But as a as a casual IPL fan, mm. I didn't. There was no coverage for me that I saw of him. You know, having this breakout performance. You thought the highest, the most expensive, you know, player in the IPL scoring a ton. You would think that'd be the showpiece of the IPL, but it, w- it wasn't really there here mm. in Australia. Yeah, you said before, is it a cash grab? I think that's kind of a big part of what 
sports being professional now is. I think everything kind of is, you know, and that's not to be like a Debbie Downer, but it's just more or less the, the fact and, and the way that it is. So, I mean, is it a cash grab? I mean, that's why teams are going out of the comp, teams going in, they can afford it and some can't. So the way it kind of goes over there. Mm. Well, speaking of... And here too, I mean, everywhere. Yeah, well, yeah. speaking of cash grabs, uh, a lot's been played out in the media with uh, Cricket Australia and their new collective bargaining agreement they're having. I've gone gone away and did some study and some research, you know, unlike Sporting Woods. And what I found is, it, to be perfectly honest, there's a lot of speculative journalism out there. Not a lot of what actually is being said. From what I can Unlike gather, our good selves. <laughs> like our good selves. Well, hey, I'm not getting paid to be a speculative journalist, but these people are. But uh, what I found most of all is that there's a lot of information out there, but what's actually happening or what we really want to know is behind the doors and no one's saying it's very cloak and dagger, it's very coy, and no one's really giving us the information that we want, and I don't think you're going to get that until it's happened. And even then, we're probably just going to get the, you know, well, it's, it's, it's happened. I'm not really sure. You know, it's, it's an interesting time. I think one, one thing to point out, um, particularly, you know, talking about collective buying agreements, and we'll talk about another sport mm. shortly, domestically, you know, within Australia, cricketers are the highest paid athletes. Mm. I, don't, I can't think of one... That's that's getting paid by their entity bigger. Well, to 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 put some perspective on it, the current model that we've got has been there since '97. It's really Steve Waugh's little thing. So since '97, you know, Cricket Australia was making fifty million dollars a year at that point. Nowadays, it makes four hundred million. You know, players like AB you know, was was being paid the most. Alan Border was getting the most in ninety four. He was getting paid he was the number one and he's being paid ninety thousand. Today Smith is on two million plus and that's just from Cricket Australia. Yeah, that's not his endorsements. That's not his endorsements. That's <clears throat> IPL, just what he gets their pay. New balance. The average the average what, cricket with inflation, what would that probably work out with? It, I tell yeah. you what, it's not ninety thousand to two million. That's that is a Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's a two hundred percent or I'm not a mathematician, but it's a lot. The average uh, cricket Australian player gets paid 1.2 million. So they are, and you're absolutely right. I mean, versus uh, you know, like an an NRL player, rugby league, or an rugby, AFL yeah. player, no one's on that money. The question then becomes: Well, if they're making 400 million dollars a year as a, as a whole, where's that money going? These are the players mm. that are making this money. Surely they deserve a, a piece of that pie. Is the piece too is it too much? Is it too little? Are they then going to use this money to then put towards women's cricket to to you know uh, you know grassroots cricket? Obviously, AFL and rugby league are looking to you know cut those grasses constantly as as any competition would. So it's it's an interesting sort of dynamic at the moment with this CBA. So I think there's a lot of information there that we don't know about, but you know a lot the, the stuff that we do know about. Well, yeah. It leads to some interesting I think, conversation. I think the main thing that I've heard is that it's trying to help the more the shield players and ensure that they have a steady income. But as well, and then that sort of translates then into women cricket, women's domestic cricket. I think most people understand that the higher profile players are on pretty good coin. So it's not some sort of World Series thing where you've got, you know, the best fast bowler in the world getting paid less than the sight screen guy. Yeah. So anyone trying to sort of push that narrative, all oh, these poor players no. need to zip it. Yeah. yeah. But, no, without but a doubt. you made a but but there are things in this that we should and this is where I, when you were talking, I was thinking like what are our what, what would be our goals if we were to say 
you know, our, our interest is the best British cricket and cricket in Australia. What's our goals? And it's like, well, yeah, you do want domestic players to feel like they have a career when they're playing shield cricket because yeah. yeah. that's only going to help the standard of cricket, which should hopefully help, you know, get the crowds back to it. But that's where, that's where I would say we need more obvious answers on, oh, well, are we gonna, how are we going to do that? Are we going to advertise more? Are we going to do that? I think the main thing I want to know, and you touched on it a bit with there's $400 million a year, where the hell is that going, is that we know how much these players earn. And, and you know, that's not new to, to professional sports. But what kind of gets up my – well, I don't know what that would be, but what kind of pisses me off is well, that we don't gears. know – yeah, James, yeah, you're on the Gold Coast. Surely you've got an equivalent for the Gold I'll ask, Coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll ask a few people. But the, what does piss me off is we don't know, well, I don't know, and I I've, I've, haven't really done too much extensive research, but do we know how much James Sutherland gets? Do we know how much Pat Howard gets? Do we know? You know, this is, that to me, there's a lot of hangers-on in Australian cricket. I mean, we see now there's stuff of... of you know, up to 40 people or whatever. It's ridiculous. Maybe that's going exaggerating. But, you know, there's a lot of people and you're sitting there like, all right, well, how much do they get? If we know how much the players get, at least we, at least we know why they're getting it. Hmm. You know, what, what are you doing to earn your money? Oh, hang on, we don't know how much money you make. But the players are complaining. And, you know, I don't think the players feel too kindly toward James Sutherland, Pat Howard, the likes of them. And I, I think it's sort of reciprocated. And I think that is, yeah, it's a... Like, you know, like we've said, it's it's strange how it's kept behind closed doors, uh, especially since we all want to know how much the players get. But, you know, when it comes to, well, how much is the money that we're looking after going to be, you know, dished out? Oh, hang on, we can't let you know. So, yeah, that's the only thing. That's the only hypocrisy, I think. But there's no – I don't feel any sympathy for the, you know, the David Warners and stuff when they're driving around their Maseratis or whatever. Mm. I, I don't I – don't, uh, you know, it's not the same as with Lily and, and you know, the World Series yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. it is more to me like w- what is this administration doing with this money? I understand they're probably um, – there's something there's something going along with uh, Channel 10 and the Big Bash and the rights to that. I think that's going up for sale soon and I know that Channel yeah. 10 is, is on the balls well, of its ass. So just to, so add, in, I think, just to yeah, add in, sorry. Channel 10 are going broke by yeah. a second. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's, yeah. that's another – I mean, that's a whole other issue, but yeah. So I, I think they'll probably be looking at signing a new contract with someone else, whether that makes how much they bring in higher or lower, I don't know. Mm. But things like that, I mean, again, yeah, we know how much the players earn. We don't, just in fairness to them, you think we should have a, an idea of what this administration is doing with the amount of money they bring in off the backs of the players. Mm. Yeah, I think at this stage, as far as you know, the CBA is concerned, It'll be interesting to see what happens post June 30 when it all sort of falls apart, if it falls apart. The Australia A team is currently touring at the moment. I've seen the squad. It's not a bad squad. And if I'm perfectly honest, if it, uh, not that this will happen because of course something will happen pre-Ashes. A deal will get done regardless. A deal will be done. But the the Australia A team wasn't a bad team. I mean... You, you could make a case for, for that team. Chad Saves was in it, uh, Usman Kawaja, Travis Head. There's a, there's, a, there's a very good team going on there. It'd be interesting to see how those boys do come Ashes time as well. I guess at this stage, we just don't know enough information yeah. is basically where we've come to. Another sport that's going through a CBA debacle or, or 
discussion, I should say, mm. uh, is rugby league. Um, now, the players are really forcing the issue and saying, you know, we want a bigger slice of the, of the broadcast deal. Of course. Um, you know, they signed a one, $1 billion plus deal, and they're looking at things like increasing in the salary cap, which obviously increases player wages. And, mm. they again, they're trying to look at the, the mid to lower range players to make mm. sure their minimums are okay. But what um, is the holdup at the moment is... You know, with the bigger slice of the pie comes more responsibility. And so that's the pushback from the the NRL and the Australian Rugby League is saying, if you want a bigger slice of the pie, you guys are going to have all these extra conditions, Hmm. um, you know, better promotion of the game. So, you know, more accessibility to the the media and interviews and things like that. And so that's that's where their kind of hold up is at the moment. Hmm. But... At the moment, the ARL or the NRL or whoever's doing it has all the leverage because everyone's on cocaine. <laughs> what is that about? Like, I've, I've in in the space of what four days, yeah. you had um, the New Bromwich. Zealand skipper Jesse Bromwich, skipper Kevin him, skipper Kevin Proctor, senior player in the New Zealand squad, Sean Kenny Dow, and there's rumours circulating that he, there were other players with Sean Kenny Dow that slipped out the back door. Mm. And an executive of Shark the game, Damien Keogh, you know, who's the chairman of the board at Cronulla, mm. getting mm. all done with possession or use within four days. And the ARL are just looking at them, you know, looking at all these headlines and saying, you guys are, you know, you want begging for more responsibility and more money. Then the next second, you've got all these senior players mm. up on, you know, cocaine charges and things like that. Considering that the Sharks obviously getting rid of Ben Barber. Uh, that that doesn't help when your 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 chairman then obviously gets done for a very similar offence, and you know as I'm sure you're about to allude to, Tim, um, you know different circ- or different um, standards between the two. I I feel yeah. Look, uh, you know, uh, full disclosure: I'm a West Tigers born and bred supporter. Um, and, I'm you so know, sorry. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I feel for your loss. We've, uh, you know, our team's struggled this year, and we've lost our best players. And <laughs> you know, we'll talk. We'll talk all about that later. But you know, our team, particularly this year and last year, it was Parramatta. Mm. Uh, you know, and it's not just the Tigers. And I'm not gonna, no. not gonna, you know, just say it's it's all the West Tigers, you know, fault and problem. Um, you know, they're getting bashed in the media for for absolutely everything. Uh, in particular, um, Phil Rothfield wrote an article about how the chairwoman of the West Tigers, Marina Go, would hug the players after the game, and that was somehow like this massive issue. How dare she? Yeah, I know, right? The audacity. And then a couple of weeks later, Damien Keogh, the chairman of Cronulla, who Phil Rothfield is, is like one of the top members, and Keogh is his best mate, an executive of the game gets charged with cocaine possession at a club that's just come off uh, a drugs infraction with Asada that went on for years and years, and one of their top players getting kicked out of the NRL for cocaine use. You know, he gets charged with cocaine possession, and you hear nothing about it. Mm. Like, I, I just don't understand. Like, this should be a massive issue, you know. Everyone says things, you know, cliche things like, oh, it starts at the top and all this sort of stuff. Well, you've got the executive, the top person mm. at an NRL club getting done on drug possession. Wait, he- wait, Tim. Are you suggesting, and I don't want to go oh, out on the limb here. Here we go. But are you suggesting that there is some sort of bias in the New South Wales <laughs> Rugby League media? There's, there's some sort of 
weird thing where I they know. pick and choose who they want to go after. Yeah, that's Alex, insane. I know. I, I know. I'm talking crazy. I Alex, know. Alex, I know. you are on the north side of the border, down at the GC. <laughs> so you want to make sure you're no, okay. No, I'm not. <laughs> but but that's that's <laughs> Queensland. To me, that's a case in <laughs> point. Saying. Yeah, that's a case in point of just how pathetic these people can be where issues of hugging players is bigger than the chairman of a board at a club with a recent history of a mm. massive drug and Huge. performance enhancing issue, you know, it gets swept under the rug. That really grinds my gears. And I'm sure the Parramatta people from last year's mm. salary cap and all that fiasco way. would feel exactly the same way. Well, what you didn't see, Timmy, is when she's hugging them, she's actually slipping them drugs. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> forgot about that. Forgot about that. Uh, yeah. You heard oh, first on Woods. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll just quickly touch on rugby league. One of the biggest issues uh, this season is um, the amount of high-profile players signing with other clubs Mid- before no. well, before mid-season. and mid-season, but we're not even, you know, we're just over a third of the way through the season. And we've got Ben Hunt, Aaron Woods, James Tedesco, Mitchell Moses... Oh, who else would we? Dane Gagai. Yeah, yeah. You know, these high, high profile players are switching clubs and signing Mid-ga- new contracts mid season. It's bizarre to think that it'd be like, oh, so Mitchell Moses will line up for Parramatta this weekend. You're like, what? Like, it's just like, uh, I'm not sure when this started, when this type of thing sort of kicked on, but I don't remember in past years this type of thing happening. It seems and like it's only a recent... Is it trades or is it signing? It's not trades at all. And this is this is what the AFL does different to the NRL, is that all their signings are done after the season. Hmm. And, and they also have a trade period. So teams can get compensation for losing players. So Well, it's it's in the in the NBA or in, in most of the American things, it's you have a trade deadline... And anything before that, and if you make a trade, you take on all of the. So, say if you know Cherry Evans signed with the Titans, right, and then he reneged on that, and, yeah. and then signed that huge deal with Manly. Hmm. In reality, if that was in the NBA and he'd signed a contract with them, they would have had to work out some sort of trade, and they would have had to take on whatever compensation um, the Titans yeah. were going to pay him, or yeah, yeah or have yeah. to have to pay yeah. them. So it wouldn't be out of them; it'd be a, a higher. Than eleven million for for Cherry Evans. Yeah, the, so yeah, it seems a little bit like a Wild West at the moment. We don't really know how to do it. Well, no, they they know how to do it. They they're using the system. Yeah, you know, they're just doing it earlier. Um, I sort of meant that we don't know how to set the structure of of how to deal with oh, trades and contract signings and things like that. Particularly in it rugby just league, seems to be like I signed a three year deal, but if I'm sick of it after like all the shit with Kieran Foran, that's the yeah. one. Like I, I haven't. I mean, I. I I haven't followed all that much, but the, the way that Kieran Foran just sort of bops around from team to team signing like three, four-year deals and then just kind of going, out. well, I don't really like it here. I'm sort of struggling. Uh, I'm going to kick it. But, hey, six weeks later, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to sign this new four-year $80 million contract. Um, $80 yeah, million. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. Jones. Yeah. Shit, yeah. Um, I've done no, my research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. I, I, it's the reports at the Gold Coast. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, 80 million, man, 80 I'm, million. I'm reporting at yeah, Cavalab. Yeah, I, it is an issue because I've just seen my team depleted of local yeah. juniors. Yeah, that's the other thing. These and are young fellas. Like, Farrah was last year. was the start oh, of it, wasn't he? Farrah was a whole other issue. Yeah. But, yeah, but what, the, thing, the thing that grinds my gears is that Woods, Moses, Tedesco, and Brooks, for that matter, they're all mm. local juniors. They've yeah. all come through the Tiger system. Wanting to we, play for him. We got rid of Benji Marshall 
afford to keep these guys and pay them well over their market value. And they have gone and signed deals for less money at different clubs. Jeez, what does that say? It says a lot about it says a lot about the club mm. itself. But the Tigers have turned it round. We've got Josh Reynolds yep. next year, the grub. Uh, Russell Packer, the <laughs> Russell Sorry. Packer, the convicted the, criminal, the double grub. Yeah, okay, I was wondering. I was like, are you sincere in these things you're saying? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm being I'm being serious. And uh, Ben Madalino, who's who you know has had his off field uh, discretions as well. But this this um, feeling, you know, from a Tigers perspective, make um, them scary. I yeah, get it. make them bigger, make them scary. You know, and and Ivan Cleary's and well, the Tigers have adopted this Ivan Cleary mentality of on the bus. Yeah. If you're, you're either on the bus or you're off, and Woods Tedesco Moses said, "No, nah, f- fuck off. you, see you later." So they're gone, and now we've got people actually want to be at the club. So that's really positive. Um, Jack Bird to Brisbane is massive, huge, massive, huge. massive, massive. He will he will carve it. Well, where's he going to play? Do you reckon they'll they'll put him in the forwards? There's the talk that he could be the the ball playing lock, but mm. the Broncos have traditionally used a Corey Parker. This year they're using Josh McGuire, I think, as their lock. Um, so they're you know the big boppers, yeah. not so much the ball players. But I reckon I reckon Jackie Bird could probably pick up that locks position pretty yeah pretty comfortably. But considering that their backs are pretty much well, they're pretty much they're, set. they're not bad. Yeah. yeah, they um the you got Corey Oates who's probably going to move into the second row eventually. Mm. Um, but. Oh, geez, Jones. Oh, Jones. Are you okay, Jones. mate? He's falling over. Did you have a heart attack? <laughs> Are you all right? Yeah, what happened? Oh. I did nothing. Oh, oh, it just sounded like you moved. Just like you fell over and... Oh, I may have moved my arm. I didn't, oh, I didn't okay. do that much. Well, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> I've just been asked if I could please open my wallet and hand over all my money. So I'm just doing that at the moment. Ah, uh, uh, the we'll, Gold Coast. We'll, we'll leave that, we'll leave that uh, to you, mate, to deal with. I don't have any drugs. No, I don't. <laughs> but Jack, well, Bird, get rid of him. Jack Bird, you can't play him in the halves with Milford because he's too. They're too similar. Yeah. So, and the number one ticket that has not been purchased yet is Cooper Cronk. He's stated he's going to come back to Sydney or come to come Sydney, to Sydney to be with his partner. And you know, I'm speaking from personal experience. I've taken less money to move to a town to be with someone. So I can certainly understand where he's coming from. But um, his suitors are running out because uh, Bulldogs have signed Kieran Foran. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Tigers are Tigers set up. Penrith are a little bit of a, a dark horse because they're about the only ones who haven't got their halves set up for next year. I'm sure we could find room for him at the Roosters uh, oh, under our sombrero. Under the- <laughs> <laughs> we well, seem to just be able to pull money out of there anyway. I don't know where we're getting it from. Speaking of uh, Maddie Johns and the Maddie Johns show, um, I ended up on TV. Oh, a couple of weeks ago. yes, yes, yes. Have you heard about this, Alex? I have not. Mm. They were doing a segment on um, on the Tigers, of course, and uh, Jamal Idris was the guest, and it was it was the episode in which oh, sorry, it was in response to. Aaron Woods being booed by his home crowd yeah, um, right. after he'd been signed for uh, after he signed the the deal with Canterbury and you know everyone was quite upset and you know personally I was too anyway they used a segment to find out who the scapegoat was for the booing because you know the CEO sent an email to all the members to say um, you know naughty naughty don't boo um, and it was the you know biggest farce in the history of the world 
Anyway, they cut to a segment of a crowd yelling and screaming at Leichhardt Oval, and they've superimposed the face of Jason Taylor, who's just recently been sacked by the Tigers, uh. and it's me. It's my body. <laughs> oh, no way! <laughs> it's my body and Jason Taylor's face, and... I can remember the game. It was two years ago um, <laughs> against against the Gold Coast Titans, and we got absolutely hosed. They kick a penalty goal pretty much after the what? bell, and we were just furious. So we ran down from our seats in the front row of the grandstand all the way down to the, the tunnel where they run up, and you can just see me just pointing like furious. I was absolutely yelling and screaming my mind off, just going crazy. And they've used my body on JT's head. <laughs> As the segment, it's great. We'll um, we'll post it, we'll post that up on the socials. That's mm. so good. Yeah, I'll get the footage. We'll post it. They're like, let's pick the craziest, most angry fan no, out of the lot. What I'm thinking is like, I've watched a couple of Maddie. I, I watched the Maddie Johns show, and I've I've seen that Lara, whatever Pitt. her name is. Yeah, Lara. Yeah, Pitt. Lara Pitt. That's it. And um, and she was talking about that, and she was trying to get the guys the panel to like agree with her because she was like isn't it a disgrace that players would do that Lola? and they were kind of like I mean they pay their money they're entitled to have their opinion and they were not on her side she was kind of saying you know how bad it was and I've heard other podcasts talking about you know how bad it is and people abuse we're a podcast with one of the abusers <laughs> well this was from two years ago this wasn't even recent so, they've just yeah, you were just, you were oh, just, just used, uh, a long just, a long term abuser yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I was abusing the referees I wasn't abusing my own team were they female no <laughs> <laughs> better not be Tim I'll give you I'll give you a, a quick extra side You're story still on probation with this podcast well speaking yeah, well hey Speaking about probation, so I'm yelling abuse, and anyway, we were playing the Gold Coast, and the under-18 squad are just right in front of us, so they get it all out their camera phones. Of course. And I'm like, you know, what are you doing? Like, I'm just having a conversation with this guy. What are you doing, mate? He's like, you know, I can take the footage, whatever. And I was like, oh, how old are you, mate? He's like, oh, I'm 18. I said, oh, did you play in the under-20s? He's like, yeah. I said, oh, the team that just got beat by 50. And he's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, so what's going to happen at the end of the season when your contract runs out? What biker gang are you going to side with when you're pushing their <laughs> drugs? Jesus. <laughs> now, there's a, there's a cop next to me. There's a cop next to me. And he's like, whoa, whoa, you can't say that. You can't say that. And I was like, oh why? God. He's 18. I haven't sworn. Uh, there's, you know, there's not. He's filming yeah. me. I'm not doing anything wrong. And he's like, you know, you can't say that, you know. Use unacceptable behavior, blah blah. They're saying so. You need you need to remove you, yourself. Teacher? You need to remove yourself from the situation. And so you know, I've got my cousins and my dad there, and he's like, you know, we paid our money. We've done. We've paid our money. We've done this, blah blah this and that. And I was like, no, you know what? It's not even worth getting into a tiff with this cop. I'll just move away. Anyway, so then the referees come out, and uh, the referees come come back in the dugout There's right after the game. Down. They've come There's back after. Down. No. You continue walking away, you lose. <laughs> <laughs> One. I haven't, even, I haven't even got to the good bit yet. So the oh, the rest the rest come off, and Harry Henry Perinara is the referee, and he's Maori. And so everyone just starts giving these massive like racials and Fs oh. and Cs and all this sort of stuff. And the same cop that pointed me out in front of everyone for telling this eighteen year old that he's going to be pushing drugs in a year's time. <laughs> He just stood there and watched the whole thing, and I was so livid. I got to the cop and I said, "You pointed me out in front of all my family and all my friends for saying nothing compared to what these people are saying. They're dropping, you know, abuse and f's and Racial c's." Abuse. And I just said to him, "I said, mate, you're gutless." <laughs> and everyone was like, 
oh shit and then it'll just like push me out <laughs> so that was like a low point for me <laughs> this story but yeah but that that was the footage was this on the whiteboard yeah no. <laughs> but that was the footage they used that That's was of the that same night footage. that that was of that night oh my god there you go <laughs> so when they chose you they didn't realize they didn't realize they didn't realize they didn't realize that that's actually what happened, yeah. They just used the footage of me <laughs> yelling and screaming and pointing like a maniac. I was kind of like, that was a turning point for me. This is the best story. <laughs> Seriously. That's not even a joke. <laughs> and that's why it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. That so, was good, man. So, I appreciate that. I've story. had to... I've, I've had my, to... my kicked out of places stories usually like, yeah... I threw a glass or something like I just a dick. <laughs> Yours was like I stood up for myself. In, yeah, to and a cop. Shit. <laughs> yeah, to a cop. I'm trash talking. Yeah. Cop he was walking. End up being a drug pusher. Yeah. <laughs> then there was racial abuse, and, and I was on the Matty John show. That's a great story, man. So check out if you have. We'll post the footage of his on the <laughs> Professor's Second Year Syndrome. It's a pretty funny show. If you've got oh, Foxtel, dude. get around it. Uh, and so tell him uh, Tim from Sporting Woods sent you. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, the guy with JT's oh, head on his face. Oh, the guy with JT's head on his face. That's me, sir. I'm famous now. <laughs> you are. You heard I'm, it here I'm, first. Sporting I Woods. want your signature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough Jesus about Christ. almost getting arrested at a football game. Oh, my God. Where okay. do we go from here, though? Jim? Yeah, that's that's obviously, kinda, I was you know, like, the thing is, that's obviously the high point of the podcast. Should we just end? Like, just... <laughs> We've got so <laughs> much to talk about. Boo, 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 boo. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, the big ticket oh. item next week, State of Origin 1, yes. Suncorp Stadium. Yes, we finally got the teams as well. Two things that I've taken out of this is, one, the Queensland team, as far as like Queensland teams have gone in the last 10-odd years, probably one of the weaker sides but I will not for a minute call you the underdogs. You do not deserve that after all these years of dominance I refuse to provide that information you're not getting it. You're not the underdogs and I don't believe it for a second Alice you want to chime in or you're up? I was just going to say isn't it interesting that like the fight over the underdog tag is like a big thing before every origin. It really shows off like the the inferiority complex of Australians but that's just my little diagnosis. No, 100%. Queensland have used this underdog tag yeah, for 40 weird. years. Mm. In, well, in I mean, it, it, yeah, well, hang on. That's not as weird because that's the literal reason why Origin started because yeah, we were treated like crap because we, we didn't have the money because we weren't selling out old people to pokies and shit. But anyway, let's not get into that. But we're just saying, like, there was initially there was a reason why Queensland went the underdogs. Now it's sort of like we're playing a professional era whatever, like, I, I could understand why we, a Queensland team, wouldn't be the underdog, but then, like like Luke just said, it, he's probably right, like, it probably is a pretty weak team, based on the fact that there's less experience, so it'll be interesting, the, the thing I'm looking forward to saying, I mean, hell, we've won 10 out of the last 11, sort of sitting there like, yeah, I still want to beat you, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's... You'd, no one likes to beat up a little kid anymore, you know, oh, and that's kind of what... What way. No way, Absolutely no way at all. I would expect nothing more. I don't more. mean it. I don't mean it. I know I you don't. I know you don't. So for but, me, but it, it doesn't matter. It's it's every time. I don't mind being beaten by 50 because I know that it sh- it should mean a lot to you guys because it means yeah, a shitload to us. And I but, don't. And but, I think that it does on game day. I was letting you know, What I was really going to say was that it's going to be interesting to see how... Mal Meninga's sort of, you know, because he's, you know, the last 10 years they've been putting a lot of effort into yeah. 
sort of setting up the infrastructure of future years when all the guys have gone. And we're sort of going to get a little glimpse of what that's like. Mm. And I think that's going to be interesting to see in the, the Queensland perspective. And I think, yeah, like New South Wales have probably got the the, the players that are in form at the moment and, and the big game players. And I think it's it's about time they stand up. Like they have mm. to win this series. Oh, and, no doubt. And, you know, of course, I wouldn't want that. But in, in terms of what's best for the game and these players' careers and, and sort of, you know, whatever, they have to win this series. And, and, and Queensland, if the thing that we've got to fight for is we want to keep them down. So at the same time, you know, we got these, these new guys need to realise they're stepping into big shoes. They've got to live up to the expectations. Yeah, they've sure. got a feeling immediately. So it's going to be an interesting series, I guess. Um, I was really intrigued by a lot of, well, a lot of the selections, actually. I'll start with New South Wales. Uh, Robbie Farah had an absolute blinder against the Tigers. He did. Um, played 80 minutes. This is the first time since round one, which is ironically against the Tigers. Um, oh, and, I, and I thought that was kind of like a dress rehearsal for him, that they were going to give him, you know, and then all the talk last weekend was, oh, Peter Wallace, Peter Wallace, Peter Wallace. Well, then, he, well, then he, get, he gets injured. He does his groin, so he's out. I'm really glad to see Nathan Peets get a go. Yeah, um, I think, I think and, and New South Wales is as well. As much as I've enjoyed Farah and, and, you know, he's copped a lot of flack in the past from New South Welshmen, but I've always been a, a big backer of him at New South Wales level. I thought he's played great footy. He's a great uh, contributor to, to our, our team. But this year, it would have just been playing an old dog when you've got an opportunity to bring in someone who is playing phenomenal football in Nathan Peets. Yeah. Or Peter Walsh. Peter Walsh is out. I would have preferred Peetsy anyway, so I'm glad that Peets is in. And I think that he'll do a great job for the team, especially uh, with five years ago. Did you see he, he put a tweet up five years ago oh, that yes, said something to the, to the degree of, you know what, I'm never going to play for New South Wales, but, you know, like, if I ever got an opportunity to play the game, you know that I, you know, I'd be there. It'd be the like, best day of my life. Yeah, hashtag, like, you know, like, uh, always bleed blue or something. Yeah. And that is, like, that's the goddamn passion, you know? And it'll be great. I, I hope he has a blind eye. I really do. Alex, another person... I, oh, sorry, Alex. Another person <clears throat> uh, that you probably probably could get some people on the street to have a chat about is uh, their number one man, their money man, Jared Hayne. He's got picked down the Gold Coast. Yeah. What's the vibe down there about Jared Hayne? I'll just ask you. Hey, mate. Uh, <laughs> do you want to have a chat about Jared Hayne? You don't? <laughs> you... You also want to see my wallet? Okay. Yeah, no, they're not that keen on Jared Hayne. No. Um, but I was just going to say, piggyback on, on what you were talking about with Robbie Farah. As a Queenslander, I hope, I, I really wish they had have picked Robbie Farah. I think he's going to go down in history as one of the most overrated players. Oh, um, savage. I think what everything Justin Hodges said about him, I've always said, he's the kind of guy that'll have a four-on-one option and will put a grubber kick in. Like I've seen him do that on numerous occasions. Yeah. Well, that that's... New South Wales are twenty times better off uh, without him. See, I don't but as a Queenslander, I really, really hope they yeah, had well, picked him. Um, that's why Jason Taylor got rid of Farrah at the West Tigers because he was holding onto the ball too much. Because yeah. Brooks and Moses weren't going to get the ball, they were in contract years and going to say, "Well, no, I don't get the ball, so I'm not going to go." It's and so that's why they got rid of him. And yeah. that, I wholeheartedly agree with everything that you said there, Alex. And I'm a Tigers supporter. Yeah, so, well, yeah. that's what I mean. It's like, it's, they always said, oh, Gallon, he's so good, he plays 80 minutes, he does all these hit ups. And it's like, yeah, how often do you win? Like, yeah. maybe that's a reason. Yeah. Like, have well, you he, ever considered that? He played that game a couple of weeks ago, I think it was against Melbourne, and he looked a billion bucks. 
or whatever game I watched a couple of weeks ago. And he, I think it was the Cowboys. Cowboys, last week. the Cowboys, and he looked he looked ferocious, and it was almost a case of the same as Farrah. I thought the same thing. I went, Christ, Farrah's going to play himself into a jumper here, and I thought Gal might as well because he clearly was like, well, I I, I could do with that thirty k. And I'm glad that they didn't go with them. I really am. I think Gallon's time was last year. There's plenty of good forwards for New South Wales. We've always had an incredibly good pack. And I think that without... Uh, like, no Vaughan was a huge... That's massive. That's an underrated thing. Take They should have put him in there. I would have put him in there for Woods or have made room for him. I don't think Woods has been playing enough good football for his, his inclusion. I think Hayne, for me, Hayne, I would have, put, I would have picked Daniel Tupo. I mean, that's not just because I'm a, uh, a Chucky supporter, but I think that Tupo plays a better brand of footy than Hayne at this stage. I, well, don't, I, I just don't... I don't know. He's only been in the game for a little while. He's only been performing well. And Tupo's been playing some scintillating footy. He's been playing good footy this year. Last year, he had yeah, a shocker. Yeah, he had a shocker And last so year. That's, why, that's why I think they're... He did have a shocker gone, last year. I will, yeah. I will admit that. But Paul Vaughan, as a, as a Queensland supporter, you know, Alex and I will agree, Paul Vaughan should have been in the team. Yeah. Um, he is the form forward in the entire NRL competition. Mm. And Laurie Daly in the, came out earlier and said, you know, he's been doing well for the last 11 weeks, but he's got to sustain it. Mate, why, why pick just pick, pick him on form. Pick the whole team on form. You've got mm. 17 form guys playing against this origin dynasty. Yeah. Like, that's the only way you're going to win. Yeah, yeah. But, so the other thing I do want to discuss, obviously, the, the halves for New South Wales and really for Queensland as well. But to begin with, again, Pierce and Maloney, uh, for me, that was my pick. I was always going to pick that. Pierce has played some pretty good footy this year. It'll be interesting to see how he goes in origin again. Obviously, a lot of years of, of, um, of torment. But as we've just pointed out, he was playing behind Gallon and Farrer for the majority of that. And neither of them attend to, to give the ball to the halves anyway. So... Uh, with with Jimbo in, in incredible form, God, he played well for the Sharkies the other night. Um, it'll be interesting to see if if there's some spark in the in the heart. Well, Pierce and Maloney won a premiership together, yeah. So yeah. I think that's what Laurie Daly's banking on. Yeah. They'll probably run the same style of play. Yeah. Um, a lot lots of early kicks. I think um, get the old Queenslanders running a bit. Yeah. Um, I think that'll you'll see that sort of game plan really early on. Um, for Queensland, I thought there was a little bit of a double standard with the loyalty policy they have. Um, you know, they left Billy Slater out, but they kept uh, Jacob Lillian uh, and Aiden Guerra in the team. Yeah, Guerra has been playing not average football at well, best. Guerra has been on the bench at the yeah. Roosters. You can't even make the starting side. Lillian's 34, 33. Yeah, that was a weird um, choice. And Jared Wallace has to be up there as one of the form forwards, yep. along with Paul Vaughan. Very unlucky um, to miss out. He's been, he's been brought in as 18th man for the big story that we'll talk about next. But... Yeah, it was, it'll be interesting to see. Will they just get a one-game ticket? Hmm. Nate Miles, another another oh, player who, who or, hasn't or, been hasn't been in form with an injury cloud as well. It's going to be interesting to see how these old dogs. Well, Sam Thiday, he's another old dog. There's a lot of old dogs in that team. Yep, and that's why I think you'll see a lot of early kicks. Get the get the forwards running back and forth a lot yeah, early on. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting game. The number one uh, story so far is uh, hot off the press as we record. Jonathan Thurston has ruled himself out or has been ruled out of Origin 1. This will be the first game he misses in 12 years. The To put it into perspective, I read today, the halves last time JT didn't play for Queensland, what, for New South Wales, were Brad Fittler and Trent Barrett. 
That was oh, on the New South Wales. That was the yeah. last time the halves for the New South Wales team was, and that was on Reddit. But um, that that was a crazy. But just to, just to, I suppose from a New South Wales perspective, uh, bullshit. I call it. I'm calling it now. JT will go. My favorite thing that I saw today was like on the 38th minute, like you know, like JT's music will come out, and I'll be like, oh my god, JT's coming back on the field. And like, and he'll run out and he'll fucking win the game for you. And I don't believe it. I'm not believe. I'm not buying it. I'm it's gonna be. It. It's gonna be like Paul Pierce in the 2008 final <laughs> series where he gets wheeled off in a wheelchair, <laughs> then comes back and just like wants to get like 30 points yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I call- <laughs> that was embarrassing. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I call bullshit. JT will play. God damn it! And if he doesn't, no. Well, you've heard it here first. Sporting Woods prediction. Jonathan Thurston to play state of origin. Oh, one. Milf will go out with a with a with a reoccurring shoulder injury mm. on Tuesday afternoon, and then will come <laughs> fucking JT and he'll be like, you know what, guys, I'm okay. I'm back. I yeah. promise you. When uh, speaking of uh, Milford, uh, you, I've got to say, you guys give me a lot of shit for being conspiracy theorists. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that deserves some sort of revenge. Tim this is hat. the team that brought Alfie Langer out of retirement to play. Yeah, you did the same with Joey Johns. Johns Come yeah, on, yeah, but Joey. Well, he's yeah. Joey just retired from Origin. Yeah. Anyway, 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 moving on. Sorry, you have a go, what? Alex. We've been we've been talk, talking away. You, you, what's your opinions on the Bennett Walters situation? Oh, I think Wayne Bennett's getting senile. I've never really <laughs> no, been a big I've... fan of him. The only thing I have ever really liked about Wayne Bennett is how rude he is to the media. <laughs> but other than that, I think he's a guy who, you know, he did win that that title with uh, with with. Uh, the Dragons, mm. but really he's had a lot of good teams yep, um, around him and stuff. And I, I think, you know, what, what, what was it? What did he say? He said something about Darius Boyd and Billy Slater and, and all that stuff. I think the, the right answer was Billy Slater. Yeah. But if I disagree, I'm not in, I'm not in there. In the, I'm not in their inner circle. I think whatever is going on, as long as the communication's good between them. I mean, I don't think you'll see Billy Slater not appear in this series. Mm. I think eventually he'll come in. I think, well, I, the only reason why I say that, Tim, is that I think the, the Darius Boyd has proven he can play on the wing. He's good on the wing. Sorry. And he Sorry. doesn't have that greater impact on, uh, as an angle, as a, as a support runner that Billy Slater has shown over, what, a decade? And I think, yeah, I, but again, who am I to say? Because they could have a system and different structure that Billy's been out for a long time that he hasn't, you know, been a part of. So they would have to explain that to him or whatever. So, I mean, I, I, I'd back the team that's won 10 of the last 11 years. Mm. And I and I agree to an extent if you didn't have a the back line that, that Queensland does at the moment, I mean, O'Neill, you're going to try and tell me that, that Billy Slater or, or boy, Darry B couldn't do a better job than... That O'Neill could, I just, I just don't agree. I, I think that you find a place for Slater, and he's versatile enough to, to be able to make the. You know, even if he goes to fullback and Boyd moves out, then y- you make it work. I just don't think that O'Neill is as, as good a player as Billy Slater or Darry B. You know, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's for as a as a New South Welshman, I, I, I I'm in favour of getting Slater out of the team. I, th- I think since Slater's been back, it is still a small sample size. Mm. And I think he does get sheltered in Melbourne, and I think Coach Bellamy does a, a great job, job in making sure that Slater's not put in a position where he has to tackle a lot and have his multiple surgically repaired shoulder you know, in a vulnerable situation, and that mm. can get played out in origin. But I think Darius Boyd's earned the right 
Whether mm. I'm not a huge fan of him, but he's played very well for Australia in the Four Nations and the Anzac Test. He was man of the series, or or if not one of Queensland's best players last series. I think he was. So I think Walters has kind of put his stamp on the team, and this is this is what he's going with. Mm. Um, There's no doubt that Darius Boyd should be in the team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no one's saying yeah. that's not the case. Mm. But um, but I, I think uh, yeah. yeah no, you in, go. Sorry. In this instance, I uh, I sit with what Walters has done. But I can certainly understand everyone else saying Billy Slater should be in. I'm just concerned about his shoulder. Well, two things. One, I really enjoyed Bob Catter trying to put an inquiry into the URL. Oh. Well, because he's a North Queensland. Yeah, he was like, like, I can't believe this. He's, he's such a peanut, that bloke. He is a peanut. It's great. It turns out one of, and I, I won't name names because there's no need to, but one of my staff members turns out uh, actually called. QRL and how to go at him for not uh, putting in... I didn't know you could do that. I didn't realise I could call oh. Laurie Daly and just be like, I... Well, not Laurie Daly, but New South Wales and be like, why are we picking these people again? I've got an add-on... do that. I've got I an- think that's because there's a certain type of person that does that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, church. And I think you're probably not that type of person. No. <laughs> I've got, got a... Very um, diplomatic. What's that thing called? A, oh, a life. Decorum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well... An add-on part to my wonderful TV appearance story is that <laughs> um, my cousin sent an email to the CEO of the no. West Tigers at the time after that game. He called him. The CEO no called him back. Yeah, yeah. The next day. And he said, you know what I'm going to do to get back at him? I am going to Photoshop Jason <laughs> Taylor's face over his... <laughs> That'll show him. <laughs> That got you, they got yeah. you good. Too. So it does happen. It does happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, and th- that's different. I get that's not like yeah. I disagreed with your selection. That's like I disagree with you wrongfully throwing out my nephew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's well, a bit different. But we'll put, yeah. oh no, well yeah. I didn't. Well no, it was no, it was an email that said you know this team's a disgrace and you know blah blah this and like it was complaining about the team. I didn't get kicked out. You know, all the people <laughs> I that I was with sheltered me out. Uh, you know, in fear that the cop oh, would, would arrest me. Yeah, so you got. Yeah. You, you, uh, I didn't okay. get kicked out. You as soon as I, oh, as soon man. as I said you're gutless, everyone was like, "Oh God, let's go!" <laughs> oh God, he called him the G word. <laughs> yeah, you can't call yeah. him the G word. <laughs> anyway, you're we'll wrap- darn gutless. Yeah. Well, the the two things. One, uh, even though this is a, uh, possibly or you know on paper a, a slightly softer Queensland team, it's two games in uh, Suncorp this year. Chances are you guys will still get over the line, but I, but as as you said before, Alex, uh, this is uh, a, a year like last year that we can't afford to lose as New South Welshmen. Um, so who's hungrier for it? Probably New South Wales. I would like a win, but yeah. What's was, your tip? What's my, your series look, tip? My series tip is that oh, I think we will be quite hungry for it. I hope we get up. But I think it'll be Queensland by a nose. And so that's, 2-1. God, that hurts me. Yeah, maybe. Uh, look, I'm going to do that so that it saves me when we win 2-1 and I feel a lot better about myself. But I'll say 2-1 to you guys and I feel dirty about that. Alex, what's your Truly tip? Truly disgusting. Eight ball? No, I haven't played any pool. What are you talking about? Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, oh, you just said Gold Coast. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Um, my series tip, Captain Cynical, will take New South Wales, so I win either way. Oh, well, All right. well we're, no. we're both in the same cynical boat. Great. All right. I'll I'll say Queensland 2-1, but I will say I'm going to go out on a massive limb. You heard it here first. If it's wrong, it's not me, it's Luke. <laughs> Two golden point games out of three. Oh, that's, that's my okay. tip. I think okay. it's going to be really tight. I reckon the first game will go golden point. 
You reckon? Yeah. I reckon we win the first one, we lose the next two. That's my, my bet. Oh, so you reckon there's going to be two away up, wins? I reckon we upset them that's at home and then, the, and then we lose. Yeah, I reckon that's okay. what happens. But, uh, and Michael, yeah, your, your tip, your tip, Michael? Uh, don't tune in. <laughs> I remember, put it this, <laughs> just for the viewers at home, well, the viewers, the listeners at home, one year on my 18th birthday, for, for my 18th birthday, Dad said to me, Luke, you know, we'll come down to Bathurst, because that's where Dad lives, but he's a, he's a devout Queenslander, and he goes, come on, we're going to go watch ANZ Stadium, we'll go watch the, you know, the Blues in Queensland play in Game 3, you know, it'll be fun, it's a one-all at this stage, we'll see how we go. And for game three, and we lost. We lost in the last bit. JT threw a pass, and um, and and they and they scored. It was it was not pleasant. Anyway, so after the game, dad's dad's missus says to me, and like you know, she's a psychologist. You know, we could we could take you through some steps, or you could just drink this scotch. So I drank the scotch. I get all these text messages from Tim and all these people, you know, who actually watched the game and blah blah blah. I get the only one that I remember returning the, the, the text message to was Michael because I remember you, you wrote something like I've been out at a musical all night. What was the score? <laughs> I was like, "Fuck you, fuck you, you piece of shit!" Like, I'm like six dying. million people watching. Yeah, oh, I was in a Sport, sports doesn't necessarily do it for me, but I do enjoy all the pageantry. I'll. <laughs> Boo, people! I'll cheer. You didn't watch it. I, I like all the stuff that goes into it and around it. I like that we bully the, the New South Wales team. So I'll get in on that. That's, I, that's sporting to me. Ugh. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting series. I mm. cannot wait to yeah. watch it. We may have a Sporting Woods get together for Origin. Maybe that would be. We'll have lovely. to work something out. We'll see. We'll, we'll talk about that afterwards. Yeah. The listeners probably don't need yeah. to hear about it. Anyway. That's rugby league. Now we're going to move on to something. Ugh. Look, Australian Super Rugby need, needs a little bit of a, a little bit of attention. Now I know that Alex is a big devout fan of the of the union, and we, we you know we, we to an extent enjoy it. I, I obviously we are union fans. Uh, Alex knows a bit more about us about it than than, than at least myself. But um, from what what we can gather, this year has been a bit of an identifier of the inadequacies of Australian Rugby Union versus, say, the rest of the world. Uh, but I'll, I'll leave it to you, Jones, if you want to have a chat. We're fucked. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's, Straight up. Well, that's it. That's, we'll move that on. Then. Let's and on. we'll move on to, yeah, golf. No, um, <laughs> I just think it's... Well, it's, it's been coming for the last five years. We just kind of got away with it because we still had some good players. But now that they're all going, well... You know, I could play this competition, but or I could go on and a shitload more money, um, and you know because Australian rugby I mean, at, at one point, Wycliffe Palu was paid eight hundred thousand dollars by the Australian Rugby Union because there was your base salary from your club, and then there's a, the top up system, which mm-hmm. is what they did in yep. Australian rugby. And at one point, Wycliffe Palu was on eight hundred paid eight hundred grand by the Australian Rugby Union. And the guy that was selected as the captain when we had all of our injuries, Ben Moen, was being paid, I think, per game. I don't know the number, but what I did hear was that Wycliffe Palu could pay his salary twice and still earn more. So you're sitting there being like, okay, well, that's a problem because the guy who's been identified as the captain... Yeah, is on as, or the team is on so is much on less than a guy who we decided 12, 24 months ago, two years ago, that was good enough is just 
and has played, what, three or four games because he's always injured, and even when he does play, he can play 50 minutes, he's got 800 grand. So we made a lot of bad investments. For me, I think it goes back to when Australian rugby was dominant in, in late 90s, early 2000s, and what did we decide to do? Rather than sort of invest and go, wow, we've got a good thing going on here, let's, let's double down and really invest in, in uh, uh, Australian rugby, we decided to go, you know, we've got some extra coin here, let's go and throw millions at leagueies. Mm. And mm. that's what happened. And from there, it's all kind of been, oh, everything's about getting bums on seats rather than trying to, you know, have Play a good, good culture. Rugby, in, yeah. in, in, exactly. So really, there's, you can talk figures and you can talk, the fact we've lost or whatever, it, it all stems to the fact that we don't have good enough players and Australian rugby, the administrators are trying to expand the game without actually realising that for the game to expand, you need to have good players. And they don't have that, so they've got to, they've got to be realistic about what they've got. So I think the best thing for Australian rugby is that we lose a team or we have some sort of merger and, and yeah, and we, and we try and go there. I think four teams is inevitable. Mm. From 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 the from what's been reported and things like that, but does does I, four teams make us competitive against New Zealand like the New Zealand say, teams? Oh no 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 way no! Yeah. I, I would say that four teams. Are, but but in reality, uh, we don't have a twenty three that would be competitive against a representative. You know, in yeah. in, in New Zealand rugby, they have what's known as unions. They have twenty six. I think twenty six of them around the country, and I believe that most of them, whether they would win or not would put up a, a willing performance against the best 23 rugby players in our country. Mm. And that's based on the fact that they're always playing for something. Yeah. And I think the, the, the sort of it's a business mentality that Australian rugby has had for so long um, and the, sort of the idea, and, and you can go back to tradition and whatever, it's the, the prissy boys game, the, the private school boys game, whatever. Um, I think you'd find that most of the blokes there are... A, a, people from any any walk of life, but that's neither here nor there. I'd just say that it's there's a lot of things, in and rugby always has that, again, the inferiority complex. It's always got to compare itself to, to league or to AFL, and it just doesn't work. We shouldn't try and do that. We should just be our own thing. And, uh, yeah, so there's, there's, there's a lot of trying to catch up, and that doesn't work one in, thing, a, in a business standpoint. One thing that's always been a big glaring hole for me is the strength of the New Zealand local competition, like their club competition, mm. um, you know, outside of Super Rugby, and is it, it? It's the Curry Cup in South Africa as well. And I know, yeah. I know, we're trying to bring it back with the NRC here, but it just doesn't seem like we're getting those those players that really need more game time involved in in that in that local club competition and. That's kind of the breeding ground to fuel and give these guys experience against some of that mid-level competition that they can kind of step up. Sorry, I was just going to say, I'll use an analogy to kind of describe what what they've done with that is. You know, they talk about, now, bear with me. You know, they talk about how sort of bad it is that SeaWorld, they grab these animals from around and they just chuck them in and whales basically speak different languages. So it's basically like chucking a German and a whatever in the same tank and going, you're a family. That's basically what they've done with this NRC comp. There's there's really deep traditions in, in well, I can only speak for the Brisbane rugby rugby competition, but I know that there's really deep tradition in those clubs. Oh, yeah. Sydney, from, Sydney's from rugby comp is yeah. extensive as west well. To, yeah, west. Yeah, and, yeah, and they're they're huge. yeah, and west like and and you know and and the coasts have developed some good um, history as well. So there's. There's real tradition there, and, and then in that competition, what they do is they say, all right, well, 
we're going to have two teams from Brisbane City. So that's going to be combined up of clubs from Sunnybank, East, you know, whatever. So you've got these guys that most of the year have to verse each other. And I know we live in a professional era where they have to do that. But the fact of the matter is these club guys are getting paid biscuits. They're getting yeah. paid, paid nothing. So it's hard for them to sort of bash each other one week and then it be expected to go and, and, and mesh well together in this whole different comp that has that is very manufactured. I think the best thing they would have done would to be, again, double down and invest more in the clubs yeah. and have that competition be televised. Because mm. you do have Sunnybank people and you do have Brothers people and you do have that. No one has a no one's a Brisbane City Rays person. No one cares. Because it's so fake. It's phony. Mm. It's not it's not what people are. Yeah, you can't build it, it, you can't build a support system around those because it's just a like imagine like brothers and Easts playing in the same around, team yeah. like, and then coming that's, together to support a common thing. Mate, I'm not yeah. supporting brothers. No, no way. And it's and it's and I wouldn't expect them to support East. And it's it's the fact that you have a culture there, and what that means is, from the age of five, every Friday night, I was at East Club, and every, you know what I mean, mm. and that's what people have, and you can, you can build a, a really, really good culture around that kind of stuff, and they're rather than trying to do that, they're going to be like, look, we've got this newfangled competition, and you know, it's it's all merged and all these things that really they're just missing the point of what sport is, and that's you know uh, above the competition and the things it's it's culture it's camaraderie it's it's all those things that make it yeah and so they miss that and yeah so australian rugby has been in trouble in my opinion i've always loved the game but it's been in trouble since for a long time now i'm going on 15 years so really i'm not surprised by any of the results i go into games expecting it but i need to make this point and be the last bit of my rant that people want to talk about australians i hear all the time the game of rugby union's in trouble no 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 the game of rugby union is fine if you want to see some of the best entertainment in, in, in live sports, you watch two of those New Zealand teams versus each other, hmm. and it is some of the most entertaining physical uh, brand of, of a collision sport you'll ever see and the most skillful stuff. So the game of rugby is fine. We just need to f- find our purpose again in Australia. So, Just two interesting stats that we found... In our you know, research. Yeah, in our research, you know, our extensive research here it's at Sporting Woods. We do a lot. Um, Australian rugby teams have had one win on foreign soil this entire season. Uh, that's that's massive. Yeah, it, that's, it, it, that's, that's a kick in the guts. And the top Australian team in the Australian conference, which I believe is the Brumbies, would, uh-huh. would be equal last, if not dead last, dead last, in the New Zealand competition. Oh yeah, dead last so, in New Zealand competition. So, they wouldn't make the finals if it was based if it wasn't a conference based system, yeah. they wouldn't make the finals. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a good you know, perspective to yeah. look at, you know, the state the competition at the moment is a mockery. Um I don't I don't blame them for trying to expand with Japan and, and, and stuff. I don't think that's where it's gone wrong. I think it's teams like South Africa and Australia thinking they've got enough depth to make to, five to or have. six teams. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I think what South Africa's done is smart, but I don't think logistically we can do it. South Africa are going to try and have the teams that are not going to be in, in the Super Rugby anymore play in a, a, a European tournament, so that the whole club isn't sort of just dead, dished away and lost. Yeah, but they're not playing in that competition anymore. So we can't really do that. Yeah, so yeah, it's. I think the best option would be a merger. I think the Melbourne Rebels. Uh, merge into the Brumbies, and I think I think they remain the Brumbies. Like, uh, sorry, Rebels, but I think and and the Force should stay because they have built what I was talking about before, which is a, 
which is a culture. They have built so, so my, my thing is, is that, well, and I'm de- not devil's advocate, but just sort of from listening to what you're saying, you know, at one stage you're asking, and I know that these, the Brisbane sides, for instance, are steeped in tradition, but I mean, the Rebels have, have built themselves their own little traditions and stuff. Do you expect them to give their, their little side of, you know, their piece of that tradition or whatnot away to merge with? But then I suppose that said, it's Illawarra not their decision. And I don't think, when I say tradition, Luke, I mean, this, our, our club comp was around in the 1940s and 50s where pro- yeah. the idea of professional football was ridiculous. Yeah. Whereas this Melbourne comp has been. Uh, this Melbourne team, sorry, has been uh, created as a business decision. Yeah, you're right. And in the professional era. So I think mm. there's, it's more of like I was talking about, a fabricated tradition. I think, you know, I can understand why they're trying to do that. But realistically, you're not going to have too many rugby people in Melbourne. I'm sure there are a few and I'm not trying to put them down. But I'm just saying that realistically there is a less of a chance to create a rugby culture in Melbourne than there is in than there is in Western Australia at the moment. Mm. And I think at the moment in these dire financial circumstances, you've got to make decisions some cutthroat decisions. Well, yeah. the Rebels, I think, are the only one making a profit. You've got to look at that in the sustainability. I mean, it's... what? Where are they making the profit? Yeah, are uh, they making the profit in... in um, sponsors? Are seats, they making yeah, a profit yeah. in getting a crowd? Are they making? I think there's obviously the more commercial chances in Melbourne, but I think realistically, like you know, look at look at the amount of shops. I was just watching a news report for that Top Shop, that big British company hmm. came over here and it was killing it when it first started. Bankrupt six years. Do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. that excitement that came with the Rebels. And I think if you're not going to be able to sustain performances and have an actual team that's going to fade off pretty quickly. Yeah. So I think, I, I, I don't know. I'm well, not an expert, though. I don't pretend to be. Well, we'll move on to something positive because all roads in international rugby are leading towards the Lions Tour of New Zealand. Wow. Yeah. And that's going to be that's going to be really exciting. One thing I learned just recently was the Lions are going to be in New Zealand for a month before they even play a test. Hmm. And not playing little minnows, they're playing some of the best rugby players that the world has. So, you know, by no stretch are those games going to be walkovers. It'll be, you know, they'll be, they'll be fantastic games in themselves. Yeah, they're going to play yeah. the super team. I think they're playing all five of the teams throughout yes. the tour. Yes, along with uh, Barbarians team and an all Bla- uh, all blacks Maori team. So yeah, no, it's a uh, yeah. I I think they probably should have taken more than. I mean, well, they've taken less than two full teams, which to me is kind of like. Uh, is that what they I mean, usually I, do, though, Alex? What, what's, what's to be honest? Rough? I, I thought it was so. about a forty-five man squad usually. I I think it's pretty around that area. I'm I'm not I'm not not sure to be honest, but I'd, it's usually around forty odd. But yeah, I think there's. It's funny that since the introduction of the extra guy on the bench, it seems as though you know props don't play eighty minutes anymore. Never happens. You have they play fifty minutes. They'll bring on a whole different front row. So in a way, that's sort of made the game more physical consistently, which leads to more injuries. Yeah. So I think they're going to probably have to get more people eventually. It'll be interesting to see um, how much that comes into play when once the test match starts. But I have heard as well over in New Zealand that they consider that there's four tests. That 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 Maori one is a, is another test. So I think oh, if yeah. uh, if 
the Lions turn up to that game without their number one team, they're going to get pantsed. Well, this is of, yeah. This is what the I was going to ask because they've bought you know a forty two man squad. Are they actually going to show up for these games, or are they going to really? I, I are they really going to? Yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, I, I remember when I was younger, I used to always watch like the Lions tour DVDs and stuff, and there's still a few. And yeah, there's no Lions game where they're going to throw in the towel or like they're mm-hmm. not going to turn up. That's it's they want to win everything. Every game means something, whether they're playing against you know an under eight side. I'm pretty sure they turn up. So it's it's a very very traditional team. Any loss to them, no matter who against, is a huge thing, especially like a a province or a a union like they will be versing over there. So I'm pretty sure that it's not going to be much of a worry about whether they're going to be trying hard. It's about whether they can win or not. I don't don't think they'll win them all. Do you think, are they going to get a game, the Lions? Do you think they'll take a game away? From New Zealand or from one of the... Yeah, from New Zealand, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's tough because it's hard to say what the New Zealand team will be at the moment. There's a lot of, uh, question marks over a lot of experienced players, but I mean it's New Zealand rugby, so they're going to have incredible fill-ins. It's just about, I think it really will come down to uh, experience. Like this, this British Lions team is pretty experienced, but still relatively young. So mm. they're gonna, they're looking in pretty good shape. I, I would expect that maybe one of the games will be a blowout win to New Zealand, but I expect the other two to be close. Whether Br- British Lions can can pull off a win, I'm not sure, but I'm predicting. I will say they will, and I predict a two-one to New Zealand. Okay, well, I uh, having a look at the team um, earlier in the week, they are experienced, but a lot of them don't have Lions experience. I think that's going to be a, a sneaky underrated factor in this series. Yeah, but but then as well, I'm pretty sure you'll find um, Warburton, their captain, is the the most. Well, he's tied now with Martin Johnson, and yeah, I can't remember who else, oh, but the yeah, most. There's definitely, Most experienced captain. So there's, yeah. there's definitely there's, there's experience, experience there. there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and with with the, I mean, there's a lot of English players. Um, they're most of the the sort of fresh guys, but they've also played in some really big games that they've they've won. So I think they'll. It it shouldn't be. I'm expecting the first game. If there is to be a blowout, I'm expecting it to be the first game, and it'll only be, you know, in the last 20 minutes or so. I'm expecting most of the games to be very very tight, but. That yeah, that first game will be the toughest test I think for the British Lions, and then um, I can imagine that yeah, that, that I, with professional rugby players, I expect nerves and stuff like that would wear off after you know ten minutes yeah. or so. Yeah. So yeah. I can't expect that that that's going to have too much of a difference, but maybe that first game. Yeah. Well, I mean the the first the yeah the first All Blacks test kicks off on the twenty fourth of June. But I mean the the tour itself starts, I believe, on the third, um, which sort of or the third of June, which which sort of brings us to I guess a, a couple of, of cool things, considering that we've got Origin on the thirty first, the cricket uh, the, the the Champions Trophy starts off on, on the fir- on the on the first, and then on the third this starts. So the, a lot of sport that's about Lots to go down. It's really we're really looking forward to the next week. And Alex will hold and- you to that two one tip as well. Okay, excellent. Thanks. 
All right. Well, moving on, we've got a little bit to to say on the AFL uh, for our for our uh, Sydney and Melbourne listeners. I'm sure there's plenty of them. What do you mean Sydney and Melbourne? It's, yeah, well, it's in Melbourne. Sydney. How does Sydney Sydney's get a rap in the yeah. AFL? Well, I like Sydney. Uh, come on. Oh. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Also, what about Western Australia? Why, why, why you want to have a chat why about you, goddamn? Could, what do you want to bring Brisbane into this? Why, why, why can't you just say for uh, AFL supporters? For our AFL supporters. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. There's plenty of I'm sure those of you in Sydney. I'm sure those Adelaidean <laughs> supporters that be like yeah. frothing well, at it. Speaking they're of doing the, very well. Speaking of the Crows, the pride of South Australia. Very very. They're much. they're in a bit of form. They had an absolute yep. shocker against North Melbourne. Mm. Uh, the I was going to say they got. I watched them get absolutely pants the yeah, other week. The first quarter, I think it was sixty-four to nil. Oh. Nil, yeah, nil. that's right. Wow, they scored a point was the in most... the first quarter. They won their first it... six or seven games and then dropped Go... sixty-four and then. 64 to nil in the oh, first quarter. In a, in a quarter. In a quarter. It was the most incredible thing I'd yeah. ever seen. It was crazy. It was, you mm. know, the form team of the competition, the premiership favourites, come out and didn't score a point in a That's quarter. That's crazy. Well, it was See, I, I got to confess here, I'm a bit of... Uh, I'm a bit equivalent to Michael, like how Michael doesn't really know the cricket, but we're trying to get him into it. I'm sort of a bit like that with AFL. Like, I'd never really watched it growing up that much other than the Lions wins. But even then, I was like, yeah. But... I I love AFL these days. I will gladly watch a game of AFL, mm. full game on on the weekend. And yes, so I have some interesting advice. But also be aware, people listening, I don't really know what I'm talking about when it comes to AFL. Yeah. Well, I so, used, I I used to play. I played two seasons. Oh, what position uh, you play? Oh, back pocket. I was terrible. Back pocket. I was shocking. Back uh, uh, left, back right pocket. out. <laughs> left, right out. As far Is that away, so you're in defence? Yeah, as far away oh, from nice. the ball as humanly possible. <laughs> but I tell you, what? AFL was the most fun I've ever had playing sports. They reckon it, it, I really wish I had played it. It like, was I was great. Watching it was like, awesome. Was so much fun. It's, it's by far and by, a, by a, an incredible stretch the most athletic game, I believe, you can play yeah. just the ability to and, and the most you have to do everything there's no missing it, about it's you a tackle, 360 game you tackle you, you 360 you game you, and you've got a, like a fraction of a second to make a decision mm-hmm. i like that no oh, it's it's an incredible sport and really I, I can't believe that it it hasn't really gone on in the rest of the world to be honest because i mean maybe they just don't promote it <sighs> yeah, everyone's got their it's, it's and i get every, i suppose like nfl's the same Gaelic right, football i take NFL, that yeah. back i take that back but all we, right back to the afl though because yeah. i was going to say you mentioned adelaide crows mm. and the same with richmond now richmond are the perennial they always finish ninth that's the joke i have picked on that up on that uh i know right i'm the stats uh, but, man fuck off but richmond richmond are the, the perennial ninth same with north melbourne but um so yeah, Richmond they got off to a flyer. They were like five and zero, mm. and and I like their coach Damien Hardwick. He seems like a good bloke. And um, <laughs> tell that to the Richmond fans. Yeah, I will. <laughs> but but it's interesting to see how the teams, like you mentioned, Adelaide Crows and, and Richmond, they were the teams to beat. And Richmond lost to Adelaide, so they went got six pumped. and zero, whatever it was. Pumped. And then they've both kind of Dropped. fallen off a little bit, and that's mm. interesting. And now you got your teams like Geelong. You know, well, the Bulldogs are I was, doing alright. Oh, they, no, they, they, lost they lost last, last week, week to Geelong. Yeah, yeah. and that was yeah. a pretty good game. But um, but yeah, it's just it's just interesting to see how topsy turvy that competition is. I think that's a they're a good example of like the salary cap, and they seem to have implemented all that kind of Americanized sports stuff into their game better than. Yeah. The other codes at the moment. Well, they run the draft and they do all those those things. I did yeah. want to say quickly just on like the you know like the um, the situation, especially you know with um, the, the competition being quite 
quite close. In the NRL, I saw today that there is like a wheel where each team you can like literally every team has lost to a team who has, who has beaten another team, yeah. and it goes around so so every team that's played who has lost they have been beaten by another team who has lost to a team who has lost. So it's this incredible sort of like the, the closeness of the NRL, the AFLs very similar but it was yeah it was just a sort of a note that I, I, I saw today and I was like oh I well, didn't even realise this is know. salary cap this is mm. you know professionalism and, and trades and all that sort of stuff that's what brings it together and finally we're seeing you know GWS and yeah. Gold Coast have been there about a couple of years and then other years not so much um, but you are starting to see a trend and for me the biggest story in AFL this season has been perennial top four teams Hawthorne and Sydney have dropped, dropped, incredible, and yeah. dropped significantly, the like off the face time. of the planet. Mm. Um, no. Now Hawthorne, Hawthorne have had though um, two massive trades. They had Sam Mitchell go to West Coast, and they've had Jordan Lewis. You know, mm. pre- multi premiership players. Sam mm. Mitchell was the captain. Jordan Lewis has gone to Melbourne, so there is that sort of changing of the guard. And Jared Roughhead's just come back from his uh, cancer scare as well. Um, so, you know, the times are changing in the AFL as well. Sydney have lost their cost of living allowance, whatever rubbish they want to call it as well. Um, are we seeing the effects of that? But Lance Franklin, you know, you can't knock a champion down. He's been killing it despite the Swans, hmm. uh, you know, struggles. So um, hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how Hawthorne and Sydney go in the second half of the season because they're going to have to win about 80% of their games to make the finals now. Yeah. So that's going to be a really good, really good uh, thing to watch uh, yeah. for the rest of the season. For sure. Well, let's make a quick run. Uh, the MMA, obviously there's a lot going on in there at the moment. Uh, Alex? Big, big local news, Alex. Big local news. Well, yeah, I won't... I, I know that I'm pretty much the only one that follows this, but just for the Aussie fans, and I'm sure you already know this, but Robert Whitaker, our best contender, middleweight has finally been given... His chance at an interim title belt because this thing's uh, a skirt. But um, so he's going. So Dana White has announced that there is going to be a middleweight interim title fight, and that will be between Yoel Romero and Bobby Knuckles. So Aussies, I think this is the second time I believe Mark Hunt fought for either. Maybe it was just a number one contender fight, but I know he fought for Doom, and that was like. Was either an in, uh, interim or number one contender fight. That was the closest we've got, but this is our best chance for uh, to for Australia to bring home the first UFC gold. So it's pretty exciting, I thought. Oh man, absolutely, absolutely, and and we hope so that, Bobby Knuck does, 20, does well. Yeah, twenty two uh, fourteen, I think that'll be in July. I'm pretty sure. So okay. keep you up. To- Coming up, you beauty. We'll get around the local fellow. Yeah, that's it. Well, All right. Well. The other, uh, before we even get, we haven't even got back to the tastiness that is the cricket. But the NBA, obviously, we're we're knee deep in the in the finals at the moment. Uh, Conference finals. Conference finals, not not the actual finals, but the conference finals. Obviously, Golden State running over the top of literally everybody. They've just gone the magical fo fo fo. Did you see? And Michael, you'll enjoy this little stat. Twenty-seven games ago, or at least, sorry, a little while back, Clay Thompson signed a toaster for a fan, right? At a, at a, at a thing. Uh, when he signed that, since then, every game that Clay Thompson's played, they've gone twenty-seven wins, zero losses. 
So they're calling it like hashtag Toastergate and all this type of stuff. Just gone nuts for it. There's a conspiracy that since he, he since he signed the toaster, they haven't lost a game while he's played. So weirdly, he's played really. Heat up quickly. Uh, uh, boo! Get out of here, Michael. Words. Get out of here. All right, sorry, Alex. I was just going to say, weirdly, he's played really shit, though. Yeah, yeah. it's a well, weird little thing. Yeah, I mean... But, the- yeah, it's, 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 everything everyone knew what, that was going to happen has happened. Yeah. So mm. it is currently, I believe, 3-1 in the Eastern yes. uh, Conference. Yeah. I think I was pretty shockingly uh, Boston pinched a game off Cleveland without Isaiah Thomas. I think it was the first game in since the playoffs started at LeBron James didn't really play very well. Mm. I expect Cleveland will win tomorrow mm. and the obvious will start and that's when the real season starts. Which is kind of disappointing, but at the same time This is what pretty, everyone wants. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting because yeah, what's gonna happen. Yeah. I, I personally and I've been saying this since the start and quite controversially because I've been proven wrong. But mm. I still stick with it. And I think that Cleveland Cavaliers have a better chance to win this year than they did last year. Yeah, I, now, I, I would agree to that. Really? Yeah. Because a lot of people call me stupid when the, I say that. The addition, of, I have re- the addition of Durant, I think, is... You the think jury's still away. out because he's been injured for a quite a big chunk of the middle part of the season. Mm. And Alex pointed out, Clay Thompson, you know, he's not playing that great either. And LeBron's just been a beast. Yeah. An absolute beast the last, you know, in this playoff series, in this run. You know who Kevin Love. Yeah, Kevin Love. He, he Kevin top Love that, didn't he? He's easily having his best playoffs, which, I mean, I think he's only had three goes at playoffs. But either way, he's playing. He, he looks like Minnesota Kevin Love again, who Minnesota Kevin Love was a beast. But mm. since going to the Cavs, he's kind of struggled to find his position between am I at the perimeter or am I an inside guy? Whereas I think he's really found that balance now, and he's having a great, a great playoffs. So yeah, I would where I came with my opinion about Golden State is that against you know regular season or, or against the mediocre teams, which you know when you compare them against Golden State, friggin' San Antonio, well, not really, but San Antonio without Kawhi Leonard was mediocre. But mm. up and even the conference semifinals they're versing compared to them mediocre teams. But against the Cavs, it's about if if Kevin Love gets going inside, if they get a couple of early foul calls against Golden State. Particularly now, I Green. Got that, yeah, I know they've got that bench. And Draymond Green is, to me, the difference in this series. If he is on, if he keeps his cool and he plays a good series, Golden State win this in a canter. Well, we saw but, we saw last year when Draymond got suspended for Game 5 of, this, yeah. of the finals, everything changed. That yeah, was the turning I point. He's the key player. He's the difference between the team because LeBron can dominate any any seven foot any awesome uh, shot blocker and rim protector. He can still dominate and get inside. Golden State don't have that. Kevin Durant, I'll give you, has been a much much better on defense this year than I thought he'd be, but he's still not. Uh, a, I still think LeBron James can dominate them inside. I don't think Zaza Pachulia has the ability to stop him. I don't think. JaVel McGee has the abilities to stop him. Your boy. So I, I, I tend to believe that that first game is important and Draymond Green's performance in the first game is important. Rant over. Right. No, no, I, I totally agree. I, it's going to be a captivating series and I'm actually back in Cleveland. I, I think all, all of their big three, they're in form. Kyrie Irving's just 
Yeah, killing it. Love's finally found his feet. LeBron, LeBron's, you know, LeBron's LeBron. I think, I think they're odds on. Yeah, I, I do too. I do too. But yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's one of those series where it's like. But I look at the team that Golden State has, and I go, yeah. But I could very easily see that team winning, which I guess is why this is such a good series because hmm. really, they're as good. They're very. They're both very good teams. Probably the best teams. I mean, I started watching NBA pretty strongly in around 2006 and I'd say these are the two best teams I've ever seen in the NBA mm. Mm. the Lakers and the Celtics had a run of finals I think it was what 3-4 yeah. and four or 2-3 and three. but I don't think uh, the, you know if you're a NBA fan out there Sporting Woods fans uh, let us know but I think the stat is there's never been three consecutive finals of the same teams oh, I think I'm, that's the I'm stat I'm not sure about that I think I that's the comment- stat in that era, the game was played so differently. It was basically Kobe versus Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. You know, that, oh yeah, yeah, basketball that I didn't really do. Yeah. Whereas now it's super I'm teams. Excited. Yeah, and I, 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 t- personally, not the super teams that I like about this day and age. I like the team ball. That's why I've always loved San Antonio, and I really like the way Utah played this year, and that's why I like the way that Golden State plays. And I like, and I think Cleveland are at their best when they're playing like that too. But LeBron and with his dominance, if they're not, if those role players aren't performing, he has to take it upon himself, and that's when they're going to lose. I was disappointed to see the Spurs' performance. I know there was injuries and whatnot. Uh, Parker was Parker went out. That was that was killer for them. But I was I w- would have liked to have seen Houston go up against uh, Golden State in the conference really? finals. But James, I, James Harden just stank up the joint in games five and six. In yeah, the Western Conference, I mean, that was so disappointing. He's been playing great ball since Mike D'Antoni uh, has, you know, injected his system. He's playing more of a pure point, and we, you know, that's that suited him. Yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't argue. I'll still go with Westbrook only because of his historic feat. Yeah, but I, I, I hope they don't do that. I, yeah, I think they will though. Hmm. I think because well, it's you know it's forty two, you know. It's Robert. It's Oscar. It's all of that. Yeah, you're probably right. But but uh, you could met any other year, Harden would win the MVP. But I've always said, and a lot of people do say this, LeBron should be MVP every year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. that's just not how they work in there. Um, yeah, just, he, didn't, he didn't have the greatest regular season though. If you base it on these playoffs, I mean, there's no question he's easily the best player in the league. Yeah, like there's no question. Mm. But he, he's probably, and I was thinking this the other day. I hate. I hate the comparison between him and Michael Jordan because I agree with Scotty Pippen that they're completely different, different players. players. Yeah. You'd better off comparing LeBron to Magic. But what I will say is in terms of comparing the two, LeBron James has a really solid chance to play well with well into his 40s because of his style of play. It's not ISO play. It's not he's an incredible passer. He's developing a pretty consistent jump shot. He's I mean look at Vince Carter and you'd say LeBron can probably play Longer than what Vince did. He's rarely. He hasn't had a major injury. Yes. It's. It. I mean. Yeah. Sure. Mm. But even then, that's what one injury. Some guys come back after three. I mean, look at uh, uh, the guy that plays for the Warriors uh, off the bench. He snapped his leg in half, and he's come back and he's killing it. So and I mean, who's that? Who's that? Oh, what's his name? I, On, I, I always uh, mix him up with. Um, it's not Livingston. Yeah, Sean Livingston. It is that's okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, well, LeBron's just a, a specimen in himself, and I think, is, yeah. and and that and he's he he is massive. He's what two eighty pounds. 
So it's what 100, yeah. 115, 130, well, 20 kilos. Like he, yeah. But he's muscle. So I think, you know, he does have that longevity. Hmm. But I just wanted to bring up just quickly, Alex, you're a Celtics fan, aren't you? I am technically a Pacers guy. Oh, but Pacers I- fan. Celtics, yeah. yeah, sorry, I thought you were a Celtics fan. One thing that no. that really interests me uh, is oh, the yeah. is the NBA draft, and, mm. and I'm a I'm a Phoenix Suns supporter, massive Steve Nash fan. So that's where I got Stash and Nash. That's where I got um, yeah, Reggie Miller. So yeah, well there you go. So yeah, I've followed I've followed Phoenix because of Steve Nash, and so we're always in the lower lower rung, and we got dotted in the lottery. Um, but Boston, from their Paul Pierce trade, have the number one pick. In yeah. in this this month's draft and that you know Fultz or Lonzo Ball, which I don't think they're going to go, doesn't they fit their system. Ball. Or uh, Jackson out of Kansas, he's really good. Um, but if they go with Fultz from Washington, I think that really really makes it interesting next year in the East. Um, that that really could put Boston up there uh, with Cleveland and make that a real competitive series. So that's going to be really interesting to see. I you know I just thought how bad you know you mentioned that Brooklyn trade with um with boston and that has to go down as one of the worst ever trades mm. in the in the history of american but, professional sports yeah but it does remind me kind of what i was talking my rant about rugby union they went for the the you know the names and the bums on seats yeah and what they got was guys over the hill and really they gave away Every asset they have for the next three or four years, they gave away three first rounders, which in yeah. the NBA every is year. massive. Is yeah. massive. And I just think about how many good Australian rugby union players are playing overseas, and it kind of reminds me of that Brooklyn trade. That was just a a terrible trade, and it makes Denny Ainge look like an absolute genius. genius. But I also love the part of the idea that you know Paul Pierce, you know, true Celtic. In his last act for the Celtics, he gave them, you know, a number one draft, draft pick. pick. And they've got Brooklyn's so pick for next year as well. Exactly. It's incredible. And and it kind of, yeah, it shows that you have to create a culture. You have to build from the ground up. You, there's no shortcuts. Yeah. Mm. So they've they've got the potential to add Fultz, who's quite tall. Mate, and then they can go after a point or a shooting guard next year as well. You know, in a, and you, Brooklyn are going to be, you know, top three lottery. So... Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Like they could go, they could go into a, a wide yeah, range yeah. of things and add just another star player. Yeah, they should try and get a good big because that's what they need. Well, they that's got rare. Al Horford. That's rare in, Al in the could, Exactly, but if Al Horford could play the power forward, it'd be better because yeah. he's more that sort of mid-range player. If they had some sort of enforcer there as well, they would be an incredible team. But yeah, I think Boston are going to be up there for the next three or four years with Cleveland. But I mean, this this finals, the NBA finals, we're expecting Cleveland to take out the East. It's going to be huge. I think a lot of people are going to be watching here in Australia. Yeah. All right. We're going to get on to what I believe is our, our final point. Of the night uh, is or day, depending when or day. Hey, you know, you might be listening to this in the mid afternoon, having a scone. Uh, the Champions Trophy kicks off next week. Oh yeah, well, cricket. That's right. Yeah, cricket. Remember the thing that we're here to talk about yeah. most of the time. So the hey, cricket. This is Wild Wild of Woods. This is yeah. Wild Wild of Woods. You're absolutely right. We started and Call we're gonna. Back. <laughs> Remember, we spoke about it at the start, <laughs> but this time it's Remember? about. 
16 hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) If you're still here, you've done incredibly well. Uh, So the Champions Trophy, obviously that kicks off very soon. We're very, very excited because of a couple of things that I guess have have unfolded uh, over the last day. I believe uh, New Zealand uh, were defeated by Bangladesh. which is huge in, in relations to Bangladeshi uh, cricket because they moved up. Uh, they for the first time they are higher ranked than the West Indies, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka. Oh well, there you go. So it's a huge point for I those guys. I was just about to say it's a warm up game, but I didn't realize. No, that no, stat. no. They, so, they it was so their number game. six. Yeah, they moved up, which wow. is a huge point for them coming into the next World Cup. So yeah, you know they're, they're obviously you know qualified for for the Champions Trophy. But, yeah. yeah, that was a huge point for them. Huge. Um, the Aussies are in a group with uh, New Zealand, Bangladesh, and England who are hosting. Mm. Looking at it, the other side is, what, India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Lanka. South Africa. Yes. I would say that we're in the weaker side. My my dark horse for the win is Bangladesh. For the win. For the win. Wow. That's my that's my dark horse. And you can't get much darker. I get... No, oh. not like that. Oh. I, didn't oh. I didn't mean like that. I meant like, they're the obvious oh. underdogs. Sorry, sorry, Jones. Are you right there? I meant in a strictly underdogish. So they're dogs now, Luke. Oh, <laughs> shut up! All right. So if you've just tuned in, <laughs> it's the wild world of races. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Luke can keep the facade up for like ninety minutes. I think we've got our title. <laughs> <laughs> Luke is not a racist. He meant that purely in a good way. I think Bangladesh could could take it out. Yeah, well, they could take it out. Yeah, I mean. The thing with Australia, and it was an interesting stat I read um, earlier in the week, is in the last twelve months, you know, we've we've played uh, we've played twenty eight games uh, of, ODI. of of fifty mm. over cricket, and we've used twenty eight players. So yeah, there's there are a lot of factors, you know, particularly in New Zealand where we saw we spoke to Sam Hazlitt earlier on. You know, they took a quite an inexperienced side over there for that Chapel Hadley, and mm. you know we had our gripes with that and all that, blah blah. But you know, there's been a lot of one day cricket, and they have blood a lot of young new, or new players, I should say, and they've rested. You know, Smith had a break. A lot oh, of the paces have had a break. So the makeup of the team is really going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a horses for courses kind mm. of tournament. Yeah, from the sounds of it, the three uh, pitches that they'll be, or the field, three fields they'll be playing on, uh, will be quite flat to begin with. So they're playing Cardiff, Edgebaston, and the Oval. Yeah, so so they're, they're going to be flat. I think the idea is to make the batsmen just you know smash it. But being that it's only on those three, I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me that if the spinners have a bit of an impact come late uh, in in the. Uh, in the trophy, we get to see what I'm assuming what will happen, which is Australia with that four prong pace attack of Patterson, Cummins, Hazelwood, and Stark, and um, that for the first time we get to watch that will be. Well, I can't see many teams beating that that pace attack if they all turn up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got Maxwell. Maxwell, so, you've got Travis yeah. Head if you go that way, Which, um, well, Moses Henriques, you've got Marcus Stoinis if yeah. you want to, ja- uh, Jackson, ha- uh, not Jackson Hastings, he's the Roman <laughs> player, John Hastings. Uh, is you know, he in the team? He is, or oh, he's, he's, he'd be hard not I to put in the team I thought they only took either. a 13-man squad. You just, no, just name like 12. No, there's plenty of players oh, in this okay. one. So John Hastings is, is in with a mention as well. So it, it's, it's a... 
as far as I mean, Schwepson's over there. J- uh, Jack Wildermouth is over there. So there's is a few players there that that could play or could play. Or Zampa could play a, a situation towards the end of the series. Who knows? But um, at the moment, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to watching the the pace bowlers tear in. Do you think uh, Chris Lynn will get a shot? Yes, I think in my team he opens. I don't know about you, Jones. I know we haven't spoken about this, but I have Warner and Lynn opening the batting. How do you feel? Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Who's the other options for openers? Aaron Finch. Mate, oh, you've I, honestly I, named 13 people, and you haven't... There's plenty of blokes over there. Smith. No, they've got to have a 13-man squad. Oh, I'm, I'm talking big big dog here. When it comes down to the, 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 you know, the 12 that they play with or you know yeah, 13 the they only leave like two out or something isn't it no the, the squad's like 18 um i'm gonna fact check this all right he's gonna fact check me but at the end of the day i i've got i've got lynn and and, and warner at the front and we then, put our bets in for the squad because i'm i'm picking 15 what do you got rusty yeah rusty's got 16 <laughs> you asshole I'm gonna I'm gonna pick eighteen. I think there was eighteen. Picks. Oh no, it's not eighteen. I'll go I'll go thirteen. Hang on, I'm looking it up. Oh, you're both mad. Fifteen is is you know is safe. Alright, here we go. Australia. There's a lot of names. Alright, here we go. Australian squad: Smith, Warner, Cummins, Fitch, Hastings, Hazelwood, Head, Enriques, Lynn, Maxwell, Pattinson, Stark, Stoyness, Wade, Zampa. Fifteen. 15. That'll be 15. Thanks. Uh, Take the money. I'll expect it next time. <laughs> so, Luke, you were right. You did name all the people. Yep, because I'm a big dog. I, it just sounded like you were naming too many people. No, My mate. Apologies. No, I'm the best. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> but that's but there's so many players there for us to, to work with. So, um, you know, and that, that's, I guess, uh, to our favour. You know, as far as batsmen are concerned... They're going to have to be able to make the runs, but I think with the, the decks that they'll be building, they're going to make runs. Someone's going to pop runs. A lot of all-rounders. Yeah, there are a lot of all-rounders in that team, and um, I just think that our pace attack will be will be quite will be quite uh, valuable. Can you see us winning? Yes, I can see us winning. I, what about you, Jones? Uh, I it, I got to be honest. I have no passion for this tournament, but in reality, yeah, they can win. Do I do I have any investment in whether they do? Nah. Really? I'm I'm I kind of think it's a it's a good point to see where we're at. Um, you know, yeah. we have blood. I mean, of- I like tournaments. Don't get me wrong, I like mm. fun. And it's, it's just not that much. It's a short and sweet tournament. Well, yeah, you play it's three games, semi-final. So it's gonna it'll be quick, and I think it'll be quite entertaining. Yeah, a little punch. Um, you know, everyone's playing. It's you know, no one's there's no major injuries. I'll sum up. Okay, I'll sum up my point of view like this: When you ask me, like, who do I think? Do you think we can win it? I think anyone can genuinely win it because this isn't like a World Cup or something where you know, like, the best eleven, and you know. I mean, you guys have been talking about, you know, there's a lot of options and stuff, and whereas you know, in in a World Cup, you knew what our best eleven was going into that 2015 mm. World Cup. Yeah, you know, going to the Ashes, whatever, because you give a shit, and because it's it's clear because they're performing for it or whatever. I think with this tournament, like you said, it's a feeling out tournament. It's kind of like a see where we're at halfway. Before between. the World Cup. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that's, mm. you know, cool. I, I like cricket, but at the same time, if I were to say that it, if the, the argument was brought up of whether we need to shorten the cricket calendar, it would be things like this I would suggest that go. 
Yeah. Oh, I think I think a lot of people would would agree with what you're saying, but I think this will be. I won't say it'll be must see TV, but I'll certainly be tuning into the Australian mm. games. Uh, quite, you know, quite oh, I like intensely. It. So I, uh, you know, give it give it a go, guys. It's it'll be short and sharp tournament, but I, it will not surprise me if Australia don't make the final. Mm. Yeah, just just purely with the fact that you know we've used twenty eight players in a year for an eleven man team, it's going to be hard to to gel and and it well, is going to be horses for courses. So you could see two or three changes per game. Yeah, not out of form or anything, just out of conditions. So yeah. it's going to be quite interesting to see how and they play it and, and how other teams do how other teams play it as well. As you said as well, it's only three games and you're in the semis. Yeah. So if you miss a game or if you just don't show up for one of those, you might find yourself on the out. Yeah. So, and I kind of like that. It's sort of like a bit of a shootout, which I don't mind. Um, And the shootout's within some of the, well, you know, the top eight best teams in the world. So for me, it's it's a a reduced uh, World Cup. You know, I'll be tuning in and, and, you know, I'm sure cricket fans will be too. An added point... A lot of their England ovals don't have lights, so they're day games, which yes. means it's it's accessible quite easily for Australian viewers to watch. I think they'll generally start off at about seven thirty, eight o'clock at mm. night. So a lot of people can get around the boys at ten thirty. Ten thirty England time. It's a seven thirty kickoff for yeah, there us. You go. Yeah, there you go. I've looked that up because I was like, nah, bullshit. Seven thirty. No, it, no, that, that, that's that's correct. Yeah. So get around the boys. It should be a very interesting tournament, and we'll see how the Aussies go. Hmm. But one last, one final thing before we wrap it up. News came out today that uh, New Zealand quick young Bracewell... Dougie Bracewell. ...got done for drink driving. He was three times over the legal limit, and he got a 100-hour community service punishment. Oh, okay, Tim, but what makes a man do that? What, what, what makes it interesting is the excuse in which he used. Hmm. The lawyers argued that he was rushing home from the pub or wherever because his pet parrot died. So that was his legal excuse for driving three times if that, over the limit. If that is true, and let's let's for a moment believe that it is. If that is if that is true, probably shouldn't be your legal defense. You know, you should probably just, just wear that on the chin, yeah. you know, be like, you know what, even if that is the case, I probably should just wear whatever I'm giving you. I would have caught a cab, but I was worried a cab wouldn't be quick enough. Yeah. <laughs> Is he asking for a reduced sentence because uh, reduced sentence because of that, or oh, it's all done. I think it's yeah, 100 it's all, hours. All but that was chatting. that was the lawyer's reasoning for him being over the limit three times, three times over. It was his reason for driving. His reason yeah, for being sorry, over the sorry, limit sorry, was sorry. he hates well, himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Need to escape. <laughs> And then he's like, no. Uh, we won't get into the nuances yeah. of alcoholism yeah, on, this, yeah, on, this, on this episode. Like, what? I've got 40 minutes prepared. Of- <laughs> we don't have another 100 minutes up our sleeves. I, I, just, I just wish the, the best for the Bracewell family and condolences to them in the loss of their parrot. No, we, we all do. As, as, the as Woods, yeah, yeah, good on you. Yeah, take the high road. Good on you. You spend two minutes in the GC. P- yeah, and now you're in the PC. Jones, are you there? <laughs> have yes, you been no. captured? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. Sorry. We're just having, uh, we're just playing strip poker. I just... Oh, okay. <laughs> no, fair, fair. Mate, it sounds like a great time down at the Gold Coast. Yeah, I mean, like, sure, we missed you on the on the Commonwealth Games, and we do apologise. <laughs> no, it's just regular poker, it's just on the strip. Uh, oh! Is that what you guys call it? Is that a little, little Gold Coast joke? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, yeah. 
Oh, uh, yeah. The, yeah. The meter, the meter maids That's gave it. me all the rules. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> all right. Well, that about wraps us up for this episode of Wide World of Woods. Oh, you did it! I did it! You did it! Thank you. I said those words in the correct order. Thank you. Uh, so that about wraps us up. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll probably do another uh, another couple of episodes post Origin, post Champions Trophy, leading in towards all the football codes and their finals. So keep an eye out. I'll post the videos. We'll post up stuff on our socials. Keep you engaged, and we'll see you next time. This has been Sporting Woods. And then make like a bye.